Welcome to Dreams X Trash. Hey, I'm Oscar, co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living and working in Japan with dreams of being more than an unknown writer. And I'm Jason, fellow co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living in Japan and tech and art enthusiast. And Jason, what do we do here? Well, Dreams X Trash is a podcast hosted by us, two Kenyans living in Japan. We have lived in Japan for a combined period of six years, six years, and English teachers. Jesus is right. The conversations are a parasocial look at Japanese, Kenyan culture, society, history, philosophy, and a lot of bullshit that swirls around in our lives. I agree with that. And these conversations are a journey of us attempting to make sense of our lives, the world around us, and us trying to make something of what little knowledge we have. And we do have very little knowledge. And that journey starts right now. Hey, hey, Jason, how have you been? Another week, another podcast. (laughs) I'm doing okay. Just uh, Mm -hmm. in a different area right now. Getting Mm -hmm. ready to do a nice move. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm good as usual. I've had a nice week, a nice, a wide, a wonderful weekend. And Mm. this week is a long, long week out of work. So I'm very relaxed, peace of mind. And we we have a mysterious stranger in our midst. Introduce yourself, stranger. Hey, everybody. I'm Steven. And it's really great to be on the show. Oh. <laughs> okay, Steven, who are you? Like, could you give us, give people who don't know a slight inter- introduction okay. into your world? Uh, my world, man. So I, I'm a friend of Oscar's. They invited me on the show here. I, we've known each other for, wow, quite a lot of time. How about it? Since um, 2014, since 2014. 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We met at, at a bar. One yeah. day and shared a hookah and and that was it. Um, that I also live here in Osaka. I've mm. been here for going on fifteen years, I think. Fifteen um, years. Yeah, yeah. You're basically wow. Japanese uh, at this point. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you would think so. You would think so. Yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm probably, uh, you know. More Japanese than I'm American these days. But yeah. <laughs> I'd be more freaked out being there for a long stretch, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm from the US and from America. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, what, what, what else do you guys want to know about me? Uh, what do you for work? Uh, yeah, I teach English. Um, I, I came out here working at a, uh, what they call it, I was. Um, sort of basically like a, you know, after school slash after work. Uh, personal English lessons, and then got out of that. Got into teaching kids mostly. Worked at a kindergarten, started my own company, teaching kids after school, uh, and started teaching some college classes. And after COVID, I put my my school, the kids' school, on a little break, and I've been teaching mostly at university and also at high school, junior high school, out um, out in Nara. <laughs> and yeah, and and I write a bit. Um, that's still more than a hobby, but it's also something I, I uh, struggle to find the time to do. Yeah, actually, um, fun fact, Jason, uh, mm. Stephen is the one who introduced me to poetry. Oh, 
was the, the introduction? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I never used to read any poetry. Yeah, I never used to, like, I always thought poetry was boring. Honestly, I just thought poetry is just terrible. I can't do this. It's too short. I never used to get it. But then you uh, gave me some, you, you actually kept talking about it over and over and over oh, again. Oh, yeah. Said, let, me, let me look into the, it, you know. The Borsk guy got you? Was that, was that your, your first, yep, your first yep. taste of good poetry? Yep. Nice. <laughs> I, I remember we were, uh, that was the, I remember that, um, the cherry blossom, that cherry blossom term quite, quite fondly, yeah? Yeah, that was fun. yeah. <laughs> and would you just say that you've lived, seem, seemingly to me, you've lived the Nippon life, quote unquote, the Nippon life, that, you know, all foreigners are sort of romanticized when they think about Japan or moving to Japan. Uh, in that, I guess, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, in some ways, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I didn't come out here looking to to put on my yukata and uh, and, and run around Kyoto and take some pictures. Mm. I, I actually came out here after I finished grad school, and I, and I thought I would just be here for like a year at most. Uh-huh. And it was mostly just to kind of do something a little bit different, travel a little bit, see a different part of the world, and um, and uh, yeah, kind of you know be in my twenties <laughs> uh, for a bit here, and then go back and get to work, and. Um, Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. A year went too fast, and I stuck around. And um, so you, it wasn't uh, like a long time plan type thing. Did you hear all this plan no. come to Japan? Oh. Uh not not really. Like I dated a girl in college who was from right. Kyoto, right? And we dated for quite some time. And I, I you know, like about what three years of college actually yeah? um, that we dated through. And then at some point, she'd mentioned like, "Oh, when you graduate, you should consider." going to Japan and doing one of these Eikaiwa jobs for a bit. It's it's a good way to make some money while you're traveling, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I forgot right. about it, went to college, went to grad school and then after that I was like, what am I gonna do? I was looking for jobs and I was like, oh what are you looking to do with this? And so it was kind of it was on the back burner as like something a potential thing to do and then I went up doing it. Um and then I just wound up kind of being here for longer than I expected and then after a few years I was like, okay, well I guess I, I live here now and <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess maybe there's a, you know I think there's a couple different Nippon lives out there, right? There's there's definitely the one that most of us wind up living, um, where it's like you know, you you're teaching English uh, in the afternoons and you're drinking all night, and <laughs> yep, and uh, you do that for a few years, uh, and that's definitely I think most of us find, especially if you come here in your younger ages, you wind up doing that for quite some time. Some people will never stop doing that. Yeah, and um, you know. Uh, but then there's the other, the other set that comes here because, like, you know, they come here with, like, a suitcase full of manga, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely wasn't that. But I, I was not, um, you know, I just wasn't a diehard. Uh, I didn't have something here that was, like, you know, I got to be in Japan. I wasn't, like, a, uh, you know, Nipponophile or Japanophile uh, when I got here. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I guess it's how, how do we define the Japan life, right? But, um I, I, you know, I guess in some ways, yes. Uh, I live in a in a, a mansion. <laughs> mm. um, I, I have a Japanese. Wait, wait. Wife. So for people who don't know out there, a mansion is basically. Could you describe a mansion? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> when people hear mansion, they think of mansion, mansion. You a know, big house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. And then you know, picture the White House. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I live in an apartment building. Um, that has uh, how would you describe it a mansion in a part though like uh, it's an apartment building I guess it's you know has a auto lock out in front of the um, 
on the front door and like there's a little guy in a room that, that waves when I come inside. Actually, doesn't usually wave. <laughs> so <laughs> I look at him and wave, he waves. But that, that's a, about the extent of how it would be similar to a, a actual mansion. But there's like, you know, it's, it's an apartment building. It's uh, yes, yes. 15 yeah. floors and uh, I live on, on one of the floors. And So from uh, my understanding, uh, correct me if I'm mm. wrong, a mansion is where mm. you, you get like the entire floor, right? To yourself. No, 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 it's not. No, 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 no. I got. I make people on this floor. There's like I think five, six apartments on this floor. Okay, okay. So it's just a. There's no difference between an apartment and a mansion. I think it's a fancy apartment. What they call an apartment is more like a small one bedroom, a bit older. Maybe the front door is just open all the time or closed all the time, or you know, you have a key lock. I think mansions. I think they started calling it mansions because they were were fancier apartments when they started building them huh. and then the name just kind of stuck as like a sales point mm, i guess, mm, mm. <laughs> I, guess you know, uh, I, I always wonder that when i teach that to my students like well, what's the connection here i guess maybe it's the outside appearance of the building so yeah, i'm looking at big. google right now and mansion in japan refers to an apartment in a large apartment building that's it mm. so it's just it's just a, a big apartment building okay yeah. okay mm. it's like a larger building but even then it's like yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense too. Like, you wouldn't call like a three-story, you know, apartment building a mansion. That would just be an apartment you'd have there. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, so many stories up, right? I, I would anyway. assume for legal terms, they probably have technical, like you're saying, technical uh, dimensions yeah, and wonder. aspects to de- define what is a mansion and what is an apartment. I don't, like, about that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've seen some pretty, pretty shady apartments for Renault. <laughs> like a mansion has to be at least this size, you know? I, a, I, 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 like, really, I really doubt they have that regulation. I, I, I only say that because, like, in America, hmm. things are so regulated. Like, for example, you know, I know when I was living in Boston, like, you couldn't... What were some of the rules they had there? Like, the bedrooms had to be a certain dimension. Mm-hmm. And even that, you know, by today's standards, is probably even kind of big, actually. So that's why I have a lot of older places there. But um, but I've seen places out here that are so tiny and. But again, yeah, you yeah. can't call them mansions. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the, out the here they, they tend to stand back from regulating those things because there's one the good thing in Japan. Uh, you know, construction is they want to make as much use of the space as possible. Like even mm-hmm. if you look at these houses, the houses aren't wide. They're they are long, right? Mm. Mm. Like they want to like they want to squish, especially in the cities, they want to squish everything together. So one of my co-workers, he recently built a house in Osaka City and he was telling me that, not telling me, but we were having a discussion in the group that the people who, who do the construction, they look for any single way to fill space. So he was saying, for instance, that there was no, there wasn't much light in his bathroom, right? So he was thinking there's no, there's no space in the bathroom to put a mirror in, to put a mirror in the bathroom. So the construction guys came and said, we'll just open up the ceiling, just put a small window up in the ceiling and that's going to be your light for the house, for the bathroom. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool idea. Do you know what they say about uh, constraints when it comes to creative projects? Constraints mm-hmm. are opportunities to solve problems. Ah. ah. <laughs> That's a nice one. Yeah. That's nice, yeah. Okay, so I think uh, we've the intro has gone pretty long. Pretty long. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about yeah, the experience. Yeah. It's not the race, It's about, the, it's about yeah, the journey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so, have me thinking about... Um, just real quick just to bring it all back to Adam think about uh, like formal poetry like the mm. idea of you know or even like the idea of gardens right the garden mm. 
you know, is where nature is, is shaped. But anyway, sorry, yeah. This is, I guess it's to bring it all full circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, Oscar, go on. Okay, okay so, so rundown. Starts, rundown, hmm? rundown. Rundown. Our weekly rundown. Uh, so we have number one. We have the gratitude list, Jason. Today is your turn. Who do you? Who are you giving gratitude to today? Uh, today I want to give gratitude to my wonderful partner and girlfriend, mm-hmm. Meg. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's listened to the last episode. I will definitely tell her to listen to this one and the last week's episode. And just for being super supportive, especially in this, I think we've all moved. You know how stressful it can be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she has been nothing but a help and a very good emotional support. So I thank yeah, her so much and I appreciate her. That is wonderful. And now this is for you, Stephen. So what's so we have a concept in the podcast called Trash Bag. And Trash Bag is where Jason and I decided that we want to make the podcast free of all curse words. So whenever okay. either one of us stumbles and uses a curse word, we have to drop in a hundred yen. Right? <laughs> and the hundred yen will go to a charity of our choice after every couple of months. Right now we are at I believe eight hundred yen, Jason. I think we're at nine hundred. No, oh, no, no, no. So you might be right, 800. It's on the website. Yeah, 800 okay, so, <laughs> so, Stephen, this goes out to you too. If you do curse, you're going to have to drop 100 yen into the account. You know? <laughs> All right. I'll fuck up. And, <laughs> and Oscar has his goons. So, you know, when it's time to collect, when it's time to collect, he'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, and yeah. any housekeeping for the week, Jason? No, 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 no. No housekeeping. We're just going to okay. keep on keeping on. Okay, same here. No housekeeping for this week. I think that's, that's wonderful. Okay, so the trending. theme of... No, the, trending that, topic. Trending topic. Okay, go, Jason, go. Trending topic. I want, topic I want Stephen to mention a topic he wants to talk about. Uh, you know what? Actually, I started watching an anime mm. a few weeks ago just to kind of keep up my listening. And uh, I've gotten really into it. Have you guys, have either of you guys sort of watched, watched uh, or heard of... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Boku no Hero Academia. Oh, yes. I have. I oh, yes. Yeah, I started getting into it some time ago. Just like, cracks my listening. And it's, um, it's been good. It's, it's a good series. And then, like, of course, as happens with these stories, right? It's gotten more complicated to the point where it's not really very useful listening to me very often anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> At the beginning, you know, it's all like, hi, hi, hello, what's your name? What's your name? And, uh, you know, they're chatting about simple stuff. And now it's like, you know, you know, like, philosophical explorations of society and good versus evil who's evil who's good all this stuff and uh uh yeah it's getting to be less educational but still a fun story so but, uh, i don't know maybe that maybe japanese study or like using uh using media to to study japanese could be interesting i, I don't know top of my head i find it interesting heads up here. <laughs> what's that i find it interesting that a lot of shonen anime lately has they've been trying to make it more complicated or more complex you know so uh, how much anime have you watched would you call yourself an anime watcher not really i mean let's see in college i watched a lot of dragon ball um (laughs) that's the that's the godfather right there of all shonen and then i I think i watched a bit of gundam then too Mm, mm, mm. and uh uh, i mean uh, yeah I, I, i I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess I watch anime. I like anime. I, I also again in high school, I watched quite a lot. You know, that was back whenever 
in America there was that kind of like uh, you know Japanimation is what they called it back in the 90s yeah where yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like Akira and uh, what else was, was big Akira Evangelion and like Ninja Scroll Ninja Scroll until I got here actually I watched Evangelion not here but it was still pretty um, big even in the west mm. like around the world oh, yeah, in general then, then in college it was when I got into like Miyazaki and you know, I was keeping up with Miyazaki kind of before it got big in America like I think so Totoro around uh, when was that like 1999 2000 first month of Totoro yeah no but Spirit of the Way yeah, that was when I first saw it but, mm. oh no Spirit of the Way came out in 2001 in yeah yeah so it was, yeah, yeah, yeah before that hit and then everybody was talking about Miyazaki so I kind of caught it right yeah, I was introduced to it by, by the, the girl I was dating and then got into Totoro and then I think um watched you know Cast in the Sky and all that and then Spirit Away hit and then like it would kind of build up around me as well like everybody oh. else was starting to talk about Miyazaki so I was into that as well and um so yeah I was into Miyazaki but I, I uh I haven't really watched much anime in a while until I started watching this again and then uh that got kind of interesting I had a, read a bit of manga sometimes but it's mostly just to study I um I think it's been easier for me to read manga more recently than watch anime i'm not really sure why why do you think over time you started to drift away from anime because i see the same thing um, in me and oscar so i'm curious mm -hmm. to know why you drifted away well let's see i mean when i was a kid it was definitely like the anime i watched when i was a teenager was definitely like teenager anime right like it was uh dragon ball z yeah mm -hmm. watching watching people <laughs> Watching yeah, people die, get beat up, yeah. planets blowing up, like, right. Blood spraying away, right, right. <laughs> and then I got into Miyazaki, and like, Miyazaki's great. I still really enjoy those anime, but, um, um, I don't know. I I don't go back to them as much as I used to. I'm not sure why that is either. For me, I've come to, to realize that when I was watching anime in Kenya, it was kind of idealizing Japanese culture. Uh, so when I came to Japan, all the things I enjoyed about anime didn't seem to be real here, so I didn't see the value of watching anime anymore. And mm. like, it wasn't a conscious de decision, but it just happened gradually. Now when it comes to Miyazaki, uh, my wife tends to love Miyazaki anime. right? Mm. Not not all of them, but there are some that she watches over and over again. And when she mm. watches them, she's not watching them with a sense of like, I enjoy the story. It's more like there's a personal they, this story relates to her childhood in some way her yeah. teenage life yeah. in some way right but i cannot relate you know mm -hmm. so i that's why i don't really tend to enjoy them as much but my wife when i watch Yumiko watching the animes like when i will ask her first <laughs> she will tell me like oscar keep quiet i'm trying to focus you know like, that's <laughs> <laughs> i can understand that though because i was yeah. she probably watched it when she was you know like nine yeah. years old or something <laughs> <laughs> like, we all have movies like that especially like it's like disney i guess for for like americans right mm -hmm. like uh you know, especially with things like Totoro and like... Right, that, right, uh, right, right, right. No, you're right. Disney's a good example. Movies. I think it's a good comparison. I think everyone has like a mm. connection to one Disney film, right? With yep. Aladdin, right, Hercules, right. you know, those yeah, old exactly, classics. Yeah. Like, I know for me, whenever... Um, like when I was a kid, I saw... You know, Dark Crystal? The, the movie Dark Crystal? Mm. No. Mm -hmm. You guys ever seen that? No, it was a... It was a Jim Henson movie. Mm. But it was um, so it was after like Sesame Street and all this. You guys have Sesame Street, of course, and like Muppets yeah, yeah. and all this, right? And then Dark Crystal came out, but it, it was not made for children. Like it was like the idea of using puppetry. I mean, it was kind of made for children, but more like older kids than I was, right? So I was like, I think five or six or something. And my, <laughs> me and my cousin really wanted to go see this Dark Crystal movie. 
my mm -hmm. you know my mom saw the, the ads for it as well and so my mom and my aunt took me and my cousin to go see it and my cousin's real big on like we want to sit somewhere else we want to sit by ourselves so we sit by ourselves in the theater and um like uh, you know, the movie comes on and like i'm just there like stunned by everything going on on the screen like because it's like they're puppets like it's you know sesame street muppets looking kind of stuff Mm -hmm. But there's like arguments and violence and all this, and I'm just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I, I remember like a scene where like they're trying to have a baby or something. So they have this baby, and this baby just falls apart or something like this. This is what happens in my memory. I haven't seen the whole movie through in, in ages, and I just start screaming. I just start crying. <laughs> like, Find me in the dark theater. Get me out of the theater. <laughs> I won't stop crying. I'm just like so shocked by this. And then the rest of my life, though, like you know, I'd see the this movie on TV, like a friend's house would be watching it on TV or something, and I would just be absorbed into it. Like I, mm -hmm. I just couldn't couldn't stop watching it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because like I, I never really found myself. Uh, I, I really liked the movie. I really liked as I got older. Like Labyrinth was a lot like this too with uh, the David Bowie movie, right? Mm -hmm. uh, similar vibe to it as well. Really liked those movies, and I really liked watching Dark Crystal when I would see it on. But I never like went out and and stopped to watch it myself. And I really, I remember the story enough that I must have seen it a few times since the whole way through. Mm -hmm. But I don't oh. remember like that scene that shocked me so much that I remember it being this like baby Muppet thing falling apart. I don't know that it even happened. <laughs> um, it was so I, weird. I have a similar experience, not with cartoons or anime, but with Nigerian movies. When nowadays, so there's there's Hollywood, which is American. There's Bollywood, which is Indian, and there's Nollywood, which is Nigeria. In <laughs> Nigeria, they pump out more movies per year than bollywood and hollywood combined they just make movies <laughs> all the time i, I, yeah. I don't know about i don't know about bollywood and hollywood to combine though they, okay so maybe just Hollywood. i'm not sure but they make a ton of movies yes yes. okay so back in the day back in the day when i was younger Niger no, those nollywood movies nigerian movies were all just horror movies nowadays they have a lot of action they have a lot of romance but back then it was, it was just horror movies where were and you this where were you watching this by the way they were just coming on like citizen like one of those kenyan tv tv stations really and huh. yeah yeah so i remember there's there's one movie in particular i watched and i was a kid i was in my cousin's house we were having a party or something and the movie was on tv and there's this woman who had died because the husband poisoned her huh. and her ghost came back and her ghost was the appearance of a ghost was in the state she was while she was dying after being poisoned right uh -huh. so she came out with foam from the nose and the mouth and that's how the ghost would appear and i couldn't sleep for weeks i just kept thinking about <laughs> her over and over again and a few months ago i had the memory and i went back i went on youtube to look for this movie for that clip uh -huh. to see the woman the ghost to see if it would still have an, an, any effect on me and it was nothing it seemed so like there was no cgi it seemed terrible <laughs> like what was i scared of the scene yeah, of course, course. i <laughs> feel like your imagination at that age right it's just so incredible but yep. but your, your your consciousness will still remember that horror experience. Yes, yes. I yes, feel like it, it, you you you'll slowly over time you'll take it apart and it becomes part of your psyche, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it, it develops into something else. You might not know it, but I feel that's the way it works sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know if a traumatic experience just disappears like that. You know, <laughs> does it just mm -hmm. disappear? Mm -hmm. So for me, for example. The movie that really messed me up was Exorcist, the first one. Oh yeah. The the yeah. scene of her using the crucifix and just uh, uh, mutilating herself and the genitals. Uh, 
Oh my god. I was like eight or nine. Oh wow. And for the next so the next I think it was two years I was sleeping with a night lamp. (laughs) 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 Absolutely messed me up. And the funny thing is that now, like from I think the age of eighteen or nineteen, I absolutely horror movies became my favorite genre. Even till today, uh-huh. like horror movies are the, the number one genre where I keep going back and I always like look at the list of what are the best horror movies, what are the best horror movies, you know? So, yeah, yeah. and when I watch Exorcist now, it's like, it doesn't do anything for me, you know? Yep, yep, yep. I watch it like a classic, but it doesn't really do anything emotionally wise. So it's, it's the question of like, what happens to that traumatic experience? I'm not really sure. It mm. definitely did. It definitely does affect you though, right? Mm. Even though you yeah, might not be able to describe it properly. Wait, so listen to this, Chase, Jason. Uh, so this is back to the like, who makes more movies per year? According to this website, uh, Nollywood last year made two thousand five hundred ninety-nine films. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Bollywood made three hundred and sixty-four. Only. Yep. Only. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow. Okay. So Bollywood is definitely. Sorry, Nollywood is definitely number one. Uh, no, I just thought that, you know, Bollywood and Hollywood combined, that sounded like... Bollywood, I thought Bollywood would make a, at least a thousand films a year. It's definitely so. Nollywood makes more than Bollywood and Hollywood, Hollywood combined. Wow. So, that's where you go if you want to become a film. Actually, Dave Chappelle joked about that. He joked about that in one, in one podcast he was in, saying he wants to go to Nigeria or Ghana and make movies with him. Yeah, no, those guys are hustlers. I think they're definitely the hustlers of the film industry at the moment. Or the wild, wild west is what you would call it. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay, I think we should move on uh, to the main topic of today. So this is a topic I gave to both of you. And the topic, the, the phrase I gave to both of you was that Gandhi had a fully integrated psyche. And the reason I won't talk about this is because I was listening to a discussion, rather a debate between Jordan Peterson and one feminist writer i forget her name i keep forgetting her name and is, during the discussion is, uh, mm-hmm. question is this the youtube video that you saw or is that a yes the, video? G, the yeah that, that video the gq interview it was in 2018 mm-hmm. 2019 i believe mm-hmm. and during the interview jordan pitson uh so the feminist writer so jordan pitson has this idea whereby that in life you don't want to be harmless he says the the, the famous phrase is that a rabbit is harmless do you want to be a rabbit <laughs> you know there's nothing nice about being harmless and the feminist writer said like what about gandhi he was harmless and jordan peterson said no gandhi was not harmless he was anything but harmless he was the ideal he was the ideal in the, in the sense that he had a fully integrated consciousness and i didn't quite understand what that mean what what, what does that mean to have a fully integrated consciousness what does that mean to be a, any of you have an idea to be a monster but to 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 integrate the monstrous side of yourself and not become one okay okay how about you steven do you have any ideas on this okay yeah, i don't know uh, can i just elaborate on that a bit more i yeah, i feel okay. i'm talking about specifically what he meant in gandhi's case about the whole monster okay. thing being a monster mm-hmm. being harmless mm-hmm. but if you're talking it in general what it means to have an integrated psyche i would definitely talk about the light and the shadow this was freud's mm-hmm. concept right or idea young i believe it's young it was young well, yeah, Carl yeah. Jung's the, mm. the having integrating the shadow. Mm, mm-hmm. I yes, think it's Carl Jung. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Sorry, Stephen, you can go on. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought a lot about it, and I, and I um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder really what that what that can mean. Like the idea of like the psyche being integrated into the self. Like it seems to me like either, you know, I guess it, it involves a, a, an idea of like a gradation, right? That that there's a certain amount of you being yourself. Mm-hmm. in this realm and I, mm-hmm. I really wonder if that's that's uh what that is right i mean mm-hmm. are, wouldn't we all say we're all completely ourselves <laughs> like wouldn't we all say we're all completely our soul i mean i guess there's the idea that you know you can be more you know you know rise above the uh the babble of your thoughts right but um mm-hmm. i don't know if that necessarily means you're, you're not your your you know essence or your your psyche or your your intellect mm-hmm. or whatever when you say be yeah. when you say be yourself what exactly do you mean by that well there's a question ah, I guess uh, but again what what's not being yourself right like well, what's not being your your psyche like I'm you know I'm pretty I, sure I, I, maybe in, in my in my thinking I would think it's more like an on-off switch you know it's like you're either yourself or you either you're you either are your psyche you either are acting in, in this world and, and you know and connected to this body and and whatever else, or you're not. Uh, but, you know, I think if you're not, you're I guess you're dead, <laughs> or you're <laughs> you know some, somehow experiencing some kind of a you know like a psychotic break or uh, or something else, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess there's that maybe like varying degrees of uh, uh, you know confusions uh, put upon yourself or, or you know uh, not pursuing what you wish to pursue or you know setting up hurdles for yourself things like this mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's more of that but it had me thinking a lot about though um just gandhi i don't know the more i thought about it the more i started thinking about it's funny actually two things that came to mind that were kind of like totally like uh spread out from this so it was gandhi the beatles mm-hmm. and the iphone <laughs> what why that, that's... <laughs> just repeat that as, again uh, Gandhi, the Beatles, and the iPhone. Okay. And okay. there's kind of this idea of like, you know, it seems like there, there's not like a, a need for Gandhi. Well, no, actually, looking back, right, there mm-hmm. had to be Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really Gandhi could have been anybody who found themselves in that position. In, in the same way, you know, found, found themselves in that position and then also uh, made themselves fill that, that position, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They, there was a need for a, a role there. And he found a way to fill that role, and I think, much in the way like you know, the Beatles could have been any four, four kids making a rock band, who you know I think you know there's that famous story that when uh, uh, they first met Paul McCartney, he they, they joined him up in the band because he was the only one that knew how to, how to play the guitar. <laughs> like he, he taught them how to tune their guitars and stuff, mm-hmm. and like you know eventually they became you know probably you know arguably the greatest rock musicians um, uh, of their time. Definitely mm. the most the uh, most influential band of all time. Certainly, right, right, and I think that, you know after a certain you know, I think it could have been anybody, but they found themselves in the position, and they were able to flourish in that position. Um, and then I think you know for a certain amount of time, it's probably easier to be the Beatles than it is not to be the Beatles, right? It's easier to to become these great musicians because you're in that realm, and maybe even in the idea that you're in those constraints, right? Like we're rock musicians now. The world expects us to be rock musicians. Let's flourish as rock musicians. I mean, much in the way Gandhi was, you know, a lawyer who had these ideas and, and these ideals that he was he was pursuing, and then eventually, 
the whole world's watching, the whole world's asking you for direction, and then you know, it's almost like the the waves moving you, or the currents moving you into this uh, into this path of becoming, you know, very thoughtful <laughs> and, and you know. Uh, ignoring your your physical being more for your uh, mm-hmm. for your political interests and also spiritual interests, things like this. Like, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. in some ways we're shaped by by society in ways that uh, are unexpected. Through the iPhone too, right? This idea that you know, I think um, Jobs, you know, said like the, the twist on the iPhone was that we weren't looking for something that people needed mm-hmm. that they didn't have that. Um, you know, we, we were looking for something people were trying to do that they didn't have. We, we created the, the product that you realized you needed after we made it. But I mm. think, in fact, his, you know, they just recognized that gap there, though, right? Like, technology had advanced to a point where we could have these things. And I think maybe the, the thing we didn't see immediately after the iPhone was that, oh, yeah, like, actually looking back now, we always did kind of want or need this technology. It could have always been there. It just took somebody to realize, like, we can make this, you know, it's like the telephone, right? Like yeah. when they first created the telephone, nobody ever said, oh, wow, yeah, we really needed these a couple of years ago. <laughs> or the internet. Somebody just thought this out, right. Or the internet no, or social like, media. Like when they first, a lot right, of things, right. when they first come out, they're just like, why do we need this? We don't, we don't yeah, need this. Yeah. No one understands yeah, what this is, you know? People don't even know how to use it, right? They don't know how to use right, it. They don't know what right. it is. And it's only when... Exactly. And then it becomes so integrated, right? I, I guess over time, when they get shown what they can do on it, that's when it starts to mm-hmm. hit everyone. Oh, wait a minute! There's actually a lot of potential here. Yeah, well, that's yeah. not even get shown, but really discover, right? Like people start discovering different ways of using these things, and you know, it, it is it is somewhat chaotic. Like, uh, I mean, like right now, we're kind of in a chaotic stage of uh, social media, right? I it's think being used for, for many different things, but I think we're in Web 3.0. If Web 1.0 was the introduction of the internet itself. Web 2.0 was the introduction of just social media in general. Web 3.0 now is like the cryptocurrency, NFTs, whatever the hell Instagram and TikTok are now, you know, (laughs) becoming ever more integrated into our lives, you know? Right, right. Back to Gandhi, as I was doing research (laughs) on this, I was reading some things about like the history of Gandhi and I found a really interesting article. Apparently, in 2018, uh, a university in Ghana took down a statue of Gandhi. No. Uh, yep. And, the, and there was this there, there was this hashtag going around uh, in Ghana and Malawi. So the hashtag was Gandhi must fall, right? And the reason for this is because they were angry about his earlier writings. You know, Gandhi used to be a lawyer in, in Upper Thai, South Africa. He used in, in to South be. Africa. He used to be an advocate for the. What's yes. segregation? He used to be an advocate yes. for segregation and, and upholding upholding okay. uh, cultural and ethnic ethnic ethnic. What am I saying? Ethnic 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 purity. Yep. So there is mm. one quote attributed to Gandhi saying that uh, uh, he he said black people are troublesome, very dirty, and live like animals. Of course. So now this is this this quote was from 1903. Gandhi was a lawyer living in South Africa. I think he was just influenced by the, by the, the environment around him. And to go mm-hmm. from being that kind of person to being the kind of person who's like, you know, not just wearing... A, what, what, what's the name of the, of the clothes? Like he's not just wearing a fabric. He's not really wearing clothes, right? That's all like, homespun, yeah? No, he, he, yes, oh, all exactly. Yeah. 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 
and like liberating the Indians from their, you know, from their colonial masters. And he's the one leader who did that without advocating for violence, you know, rather without advocating physical violence, right? I think the violence he was advocating for was more of a maybe moral or spiritual violence. I don't know. I don't know how I would call that, but I think this is the oh, it, was, it was non-violence, yeah. though. I mean, I, I wouldn't say yeah. it was, it was a, a violence at all. It was yes. just, and, and it worked. <laughs> I mean, it, it did worked work, right? to a degree. It worked in a vacuum. And then, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and so like this it, idea right? of like moving from that from that person who's saying like okay so these africans are black people are such and such and maybe like maybe this interpretation is going back to what jason was saying like he he was able to allow the monster within himself to exist overcome the monster and tame the monster and now he's releasing mm. the monster in a way you know mm. well he was also too like just being younger i mean like yeah, yeah being younger. you know being younger and also the time as yes, well yes, yes. you know i i see this so uh, many times and i'm so tired of it man people just yeah. plucking random like historical right. figures from different periods Re- like you know sorry complete you said plucking oh sorry go, go plucking on, sorry. plucking plucking yeah, you didn't say clucking you didn't say clucking okay uh, I, think, I, I thought you said clucking and i thought i heard clucking i'm like that's exactly the right word for it but like that's <laughs> what everybody's doing right but it's yeah. so funny because we're, we're everybody's doing because everybody no matter who you are mm-hmm. you can find some history of you now on the internet exactly. <laughs> where you said or did something that that is out is of favor it? now or, or or somewhat off completely color out of context right they always take it completely out of exactly. context. exactly yeah yeah Regardless of the time or the period it, it came from, <laughs> right? If you can't find it, you can make a you can make a deep fake, and then uh, <laughs> it, it's just totally wild. Um, but I, I think that you know that what you said about Web three O. I think that's kind of that's where we are now, where it's like the realization that I think we're drifting to this realization where okay, you know, everybody know everybody can know everything about everybody throughout mm-hmm. their history. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've all done shitty things at some point in our lives, including the best among us. So it's like, what do we do with that information? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that's what we're, we're coming out of now, this idea of, you know. And I think the worst thing is throwing everybody onto the pyre. Evolutionary cycle hasn't caught up to our technological uh, it can't. It cycles. Can't. Technological no cycles have gotten so fast to a point where we're always online, you know. Nowadays, yeah, yeah, all, it's just always online, and no one really knows what that's doing to us. <laughs> to be yeah, disconnected, true. to always have your screens next to you, to always just be looking for your information. Well, these are the arguments too. Whenever the uh, you know the printing press mm-hmm. came about, right? Like yeah. uh, you can't you can't have books in everybody's hands. You can't have everybody out there reading. And well, well, I I, I don't anyone's advocating for like switching off the internet or like <laughs> banning the internet or anything like that but it's it's definitely a conversation worth having don't you think but, yeah. so there's this one issue that i've noticed this with myself and my wife in particular whereby whenever we have a discussion about anything anything that we're not quite sure of instead of just keeping the discussion going i or her will say let me look it up you know let me look yeah, it up. yeah you know, that that never used to be a like, thing exactly. when you were when kids, kids, right? Okay. You don't know. You just keep talking about talking about until eventually, in the in the near or far future, someone gets an idea, right? But now it's like, let me look it up, and that conversation ends right there because hey, there's no point of discussing the issue if you have the facts in my hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, I think yeah. just that ability of like Google things, or being able to Google things all the time, is kind of a conversation killer. It minimizes human interaction. 
And oh, well, in, in some ways, but also speeds it up quite a lot too, right? It does speed it up. <laughs> I mean, like, we, but, we could be, like, you know, the Bollywood, Hollywood, uh, uh, Nollywood thing. Like, we could have spent a couple hours just talking about it, <laughs> right? But luckily we bonded out and uh, we can just move on to the next topic, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think in some ways, you know, it's good and it's bad. And Jason, you're right too. I mean, what are you going to do about it? It's it's there. I guess yeah, it's the it's real. It's yeah. It's the reality of it. It's mm-hmm. there, and, and we got to learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, going back to Gandhi. Gandhi. Um, mm-hmm. So they plucked him out of 1903, completely disregarding the context of where he was, which what time this is, right? What kind of what kind of uh, ideas running around? Ideas about black people, ideas about other races. And then they say like, hey, this guy, he's a problem. We can't be having statues of him because look at what you were saying in his earlier years. When you look at it, but if you add the context of the time period, he was normal. <laughs> he was literally just like <laughs> everyone like else. Everyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Was, he's literally was, a normal yeah, guy. This is the conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel it's just one of those things where people are always looking for something to be outraged for. People are always trying to look for an angle to to use counter to, to be counterculture, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, counter, but you know, to be part of the their group culture, right? I, I wonder, you know, is it the problem that we have the information, or is it that we have this social media justice system out there where it's like everybody kind of piles on to a feed or onto, you know? A, a bit of information that they like and share and like and share and you get into <laughs> these groups where you kind of you know like this whole gandhi thing I, I bet if you took one person aside and, and just said this to them like okay this is a quote from gandhi uh when he was this age and here's something he did whenever he was you know later on in his life um what do you think about this guy was he a good guy or a bad guy and mm. i think most people would say oh wow you know he, he matured into you know one of the, the most important people in the world right yeah, yeah. I think if you look at social media like Twitter, like there's no people just want to stand their ground no matter what, because you're not facing someone face to face. You're not standing in front of another human being. When I'm standing in front of you or Jason and we have a disagreement, there's a part of me that will have to yield because I don't need this to go any further, you know, and maybe yielding in being more attentive, listening more instead of just thinking of the next thing I want to say. But online it's like, hey, even though I feel like you're probably right and you're winning this argument. I just look something up and prove you wrong, you know. And it's like you can take anything out of context. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. This was written in 1903. It's like, hey, I found this thing about Gandhi. So, f- yeah, okay, I'm, just yeah, yeah. Gandhi. Gandhi. <laughs> at, at some point, the social media, like I don't know, when 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 did social media and this whole group thing? People became social media has become like judge, jury, and executor. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, now people aren't getting executed; they're getting cancelled. But you, you, see, you see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that as well too. Though. I mean, you know, it, it leads to real world violence. Yeah? Um, but but I, I think you know the difference between having uh, an argument with somebody, like an actual argument where you're trying to learn something, or you're trying to like argue a point to one another, and you mm-hmm. kind of pick up details from each other, either strengthening your argument or realizing that you're wrong. That doesn't happen <laughs> much mm-hmm. on, on social media. It's more about you know. Uh, getting behind your group and their group and then you know who, who's got the bigger numbers of people yelling at the other person mm-hmm. and that, that's for you know I, I don't think there's a whole lot of thinking or uh, you know real you know ideally yeah. 
when Twitter started, when Facebook started, and people started having conversations, the idea was this is going to be, you know, like Athens or something. <laughs> But in reality, it's like uh, you know, Escape from New York. <laughs> no, I Everybody is screaming at each other. I learned this new phrase recently. So we have philosophy, the love of wisdom, which comes from the Latin filia Sophia, right? Mm. And now what's happening in social media is called filia Nike, which is Latin for the love of victory. You just want to be the one to win the argument. You yep. want to have the final word. So filia yep. right, Nike. Right. You yeah. and your group must yeah. win. Whatever yeah. group you're affiliated yeah. with. Well, that kind of goes back to the, the whole idea of, um, you know, the current pushing you too, right? There's such a strong current as well that if you find yourself in an argument on social media surrounded by people supporting you and suddenly you're like, oh, you made a good point. I would change my mind. And everybody behind you is like, what the hell? <laughs> like, oh, you know, yes, suddenly yes. You, you can't back back down from that. You can't start uh, or, or, you know, pretend this point. This is, or The worst yes, thing yes. to do is to change your mind. Yeah. Not, right. The group, there might have been a group opposing you and a group backing you up. Usually it's always like that, right? There's always at least somebody backing right, you up yeah, in course. argument uh, yeah, or yeah. on your side. But the minute you change your mind, the group that was opposing you says, nah, you're a hypocrite, yes. we don't want you. And the group that was, right, right. <laughs> that was backing you up was like, hey man, we spent all this time backing you up and you just change sides right, like that? Right, right. Get the hell out of here. Then now everyone's against you. There's this exactly. British writer called Africa Brooke. Well, she's a self-help writer. And she was saying a few years back, rather prior to COVID, she was a very woke, in quotes, writer, right? She's a black woman. And she 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 took that power of being, you know, in quotes, the what you call the victim of society, right? And she used that to empower her career, right? Mm. And at one point during COVID, I think I forgot what she actually said, but someone, a white man, sent her a private message saying, I think instead of making this argument, she'll try to listen to the person you're arguing with. And mm. she took that person's private message, screenshotted it, and put it on, on Instagram. And let me and guess. She got, she got so much love, you know, from her, oh, from her community, right? From the work community. Like, how can a white man try to educate, educate a black woman on anything, right? And what, the funny thing is, going back to Jordan Peterson, she eventually said, listen to Jordan Peterson. And she realized the way she was living her life has been totally wrong. You know? Ah, <laughs> that's the one they had and, recently on Michaela's yes, podcast, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and now, yeah. <laughs> Bro, <huh? and> now <laughs> the, work, the work group is now totally against her, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. But, yeah, yeah I, I saw, like, even the way she, from the way she was talking, and she's bald, and then she's like, I'm a, I used to be a feminist, I'm like, you don't even need to say that, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> not the not the good type of maybe not good type not the old version or classical version of feminist when i say class classical version i mean dictionary definition i'm talking about the new age social justice modern yeah the postmodern woke feminist that it's not about equal rights anymore i don't even know what they're trying to do they're just trying to like it's like revenge they're just angry at everything i don't know much about that They uh, just, it just seems like they're angry, you know, you know, like an angry group. And I don't, I don't, I've, I've followed less and less of, like, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, what is it, I guess, culture, the culture mm. wars, or the, mm. the, the new version of the culture wars. I yeah. kind of just unplugged from a lot of this stuff, you know. I, I look at Facebook every once in a while now just to kind of, like, see what's happening in people's lives. And then as soon as it gets into, like, I mean, which is so strange as soon as it gets into you know like some political or you know 
anybody saying like if you don't agree with what i'm about to say please unfriend me it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, i've attempted to, to post like if you you know if you've ever asked if you ever posted it the uh, uh you know please unfriend me please unfriend me <laughs> like just um, um kind of uh-huh. scattered thought right, right now but i guess what i'm trying to say is uh i used to be really big on that with like facebook and social media like i used to want to share articles and like talk about my opinions mm-hmm. based on you know a political end uh to them and then i realized over time like how oh, much of this am i it's thinking about am i just posing you know like with, not even posing with, with like you know i think this but i'm going to pose this way it's like how much am i just posturing without even thinking mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just yeah. how much am i saying things that i know people want to hear uh in my group without even considering what's important to say here uh, you know you just start posting things over and over again right getting thumbs up getting shares and people chatting to you contributing to the echo uh, chamber huh? right right so i just kind of unplugged from it all um i mean i i still like to read about it here and there but like I, it helps to have some distance <laughs> like I, i like reading articles about uh you know the cultural movements and, and um you know what's going on on twitter and, and facebook trust but, me uh, like actually diving into the uh the belly of the beast that, that those places are kind of just uh burn me out but but i kind of guess goes back to like i guess the what you were saying like um i don't know i i, I feel like when it comes to a lot of the the stances mm-hmm. i i wonder even like you know feminism or liberalism or or you know left or right or whatever um you know uh group you might be in there's like so much variety uh, variety on the right where i guess there's so much more nuance compared to the loudest voice representing those groups right yeah. um or, or the voice that gets the most attention because it's the most uh uh what's what I'm looking for here it's the most um uh it creates the most arguments right it, it creates the most uh anger the most links the most uh, shares the most whatever it might be um i i think even a horrible consequence or the nightmare scenario that this has caused is that now even the very the, the the institution that should be governing the truth and helping promote the truth and the right kind of discussions that should be in our social consciousness our group social consciousness which is the mainstream media that's been corrupted now right Mm-hmm. Look at what they did. They did literally just make articles and do anything for clicks and clout. A lot yeah, of them yeah. now even do the whole left-wing posturing. You know, in a lot of articles, they do clickbait, left title, left-wing titles, just 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 so that they can get in on, you know, social clout, social clout, get the money, mm-hmm. and that's it. They're willing to write lies or twist the truth or put things out of context just for that click. And yeah, well, I don't know if it's even a left or right thing as well. I mean, I'm, I'm sure probably depending on what sphere you're reading in, mm. it, it's meant for for your eyes <laughs> to, to click, right? Mm. Um, I do think there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of misleading leads just to get you to, to click on it. You know, like especially with how much information we get these days, how fast information comes. If you are just reading, you know, leads on articles or, or headlines you really have no idea what's actually being talked about there right mm-hmm. i've definitely seen mm-hmm. a lot of articles like that where like oh, i'm going to come back and read this later because this sounds crazy you go back and read it and and it's like oh that's not exactly 
what really happened here. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, right? it's, it's, it's like, always like, you always realize how ridiculous the mainstream media or even some of these the people that post all of this stuff online. You always realize how ridiculous all of this is, or how how clickbaity they are when they talk a sub talk about a subject that you are actually well versed in you know yep. you're always willing willing to listen to something you're like oh i didn't know that happened because you don't know anything about it right so you always click on it just yeah, to see yeah. oh what's going on here right but if it's something that oh, you're please. like well like knowledgeable on and then they, they, they do a clickbaity article you look at it and you just cringe and you just go like oh my god what are they mm-hmm. doing <laughs> what are they doing oh, but, but, but even even news articles are like this right like they'll, yeah. they'll post the leads and you, you'll you know it'll be something that actually happened but like the way the lead the lead is written or the, the way it said what happened it uh i wish i could think of a good example it's happened this Joe, week, anything uh, anything Joe involving Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle <laughs> they literally yeah. did that with them I, I just mean factual things i mean even like you know like you know this this event happened like uh you know somebody died here and then you're like oh wow or like you know somebody was murdered here and then you read it and you're like oh um you know it it was not exactly a murder or they died um you know i'm trying to think of it you know maybe for example uh somebody was murdered in a car accident and you read the article and then you find out oh it was a car accident you know they were they died in the car accident but it wasn't like somebody was like aiming a car at them or something like this right well i think Um, the best but but the, the headline makes it sound this way the best example here will be the joe rogan issue and evil acting so so Joe Rogan is a podcaster and recently he got corona, right? And he's not vaccinated and he's had like uh, what you all people will see alternative views on this particular vaccine. And so when he got he got corona, he instead went to a doctor and he got other prescribed medication, including ivermectin, which is has had some very negative reviews in well, American liberal media. And so anything that CNN, anything that CNN isn't the vaccine, say, though, anything yeah. that isn't the vaccine, <laughs> CNN went on to say that Joe Rogan, they didn't say that he took ivermectin. They said he took horse dewormer, right? And that mm-hmm. so it was obviously a lie because ivermectin is it? I mean, it's not a horse dewormer. It is. And so though, it, an animal. no, no, no. It's the ivermectin given to to horses isn't the ivermectin ivermectin given to humans. It's so, the same drug, but it's it has different more versions. Concentrated, yeah, more more it, concentrated, yes. Yeah, yeah, So what happened here is that recently, Joe Rogan, the podcaster, invited Sanjay Gupta, who is the medical the head medical consultant at CNN, to come on the podcast. And he kept drilling him, like, why would you allow CNN to say I took a hostile woman? You know, why would you say... Why? And he, Dr. Sanjay Gupta had to, had to concede, like, yeah, we made a mistake. And he was like, then why didn't you correct them? You're a doctor. You're the head medical concern. When did you do anything about it? <laughs> you know, he, he couldn't answer. He actually could not answer. <laughs> <It was terrible. laughs> oh, wow. He did wreck them. I remember seeing an article, uh, Joe Rogan Rex, Dr. What's His Name, on his latest episode. And I was, I watched a clip, but the clip didn't include uh, that part. So I was just like, I'll, I'll watch it at a later date. But okay. 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 Yeah. He couldn't he answer. Concede. He had to concede. Like, yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> no, they, they like CNN got so much. It was a huge backlash from that. Everyone yeah. like they showed their true colors. But I, yeah, I think when it comes to that though too, it's all you know. That's the nature of news these days, right? Like you, you have to get the clicks to get the money to to stay alive, right? Like oh, to yes, be a business, yes, yes. right? So no one is know, watching there, the news. There's a few places out there trying to like be moderate voices. I, you really hear this? Um, 
this uh, the dispatch. Like, there's a couple of these like moderate, slightly right leaning. Uh, there's probably some moderate left leaning ones too. But these are the ones I've, I've heard of just because mm. the ones I ran across. But uh, there's one called the dispatch, which really tries so hard to be kind of a middle of the road, but it is slightly right leaning, um, mm. like news organization. Mm. And uh, I, I get like their free newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, yeah, it, it's very moderate. Like, uh, they're not trying to bash anybody. They're trying to like, just give the, as many facts as possible and everything. Mm-hmm. And, but the way they exist is like, uh, I get their free newsletter, but like they try to get you to, to, to subscribe to it. And, um, the subscription though costs is like, I think like $400 a year. Cause mm-hmm. like they, they have like really big talent from other sources that really wanted to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just the nature of it and what they're trying to do it costs a lot of money <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you know that's the thing it's either it's going to cost you an exorbitant amount of money to get the real facts or to get like you know a a, a kind of non uh, maybe factually catered view of the world mm-hmm. as opposed to a you know button pushing uh get you yeah, riled up <laughs> um view of the world that you get for free <laughs> but you get it for free mm-hmm. because you know, your click is helping pay for for that media source. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, blaming CNN or blaming Fox News or blaming MSNBC, it's like they're all part of the same system and they're all trying to survive. You know, it's like blaming exactly. Walmart for, for paying their employees such low wages. It's like that's that's the nature of the system. Like if you don't like it, well, we have to change change the way the system's working right yes people do not like it right now that's why they're dying a lot of people are going to they're going to like podcasts and there's youtube and youtube slash podcast celebrities they have like the so you know the social media celebrities a lot of people are going to those kinds of outlets for news rather than the mainstream media like going to the signing up to a newsletter reading a newspaper reading a blog those kinds of when you say dying. mainstream media, you say mainstream, like, how would you define mainstream media? If, so, for example, Joe Rogan gets more views than CNN, isn't Joe Rogan mainstream? So mainstream media, from my understanding, is that you have to be a long-standing publication uh-huh. and you need to have contributed to the institution that is journalism in some form or another. So a lot of the biggest ones is what I think people refer to as the mainstream media. So okay, so it's size, it's not really about it's influence. about it's, it's, when you say mainstream, it's more symbol a symbolical terminology rather than, rather than a factual term, term right? Yes, because if you get into a factual okay. term, then I'm pretty sure. Oh, ah, okay, you know, you're getting into the the nitty gritties of how you how you'd actually what 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 criteria would actually be a mainstream media mm-hmm. news outlet. Well, I, I mean, Joe Rogan would definitely be up there. You know, he yeah, may but, be up there. Joe, Joe, Joe might have a lot of people listening to this podcast, but would he be mainstream? I think mainstream has kind of like a few different, as a term, mm-hmm. a few different qualifications. One is that it's big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of a fitting idea, but it's also like it, it's not as divisive either, right? I mean, ideally. What is it never? Uh, BBC uh, BBC News is not a mainstream media outlet or AP News is not a mainstream media outlet, right? Because the idea being is that it's trying to, you know, again, ideally trying to find somewhere in the middle 
where everybody is getting uh, information that they want and, and a variety of opinions that would not be considered radical. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, we're living in an age where uh, that line is so thin between, you know, my group and your group, right? That I would argue that for the longest time, publications have always had political leanings. Even if you go back yeah, to like the ni- early 1900s, 1800s, you know? Oh, well, way worse back then than probably even today. Yeah. Um, they just, you know, uh, yeah, there's no difference there. I, I think there, there was a time, though, where there was an ideal trying to be, you know, the, the idea of like the, 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 uh, the beige narrator, right? Like the idea of kind of stepping back and trying to present all the facts as clearly as possible. But no matter what, you, a narrator is still a narrator, right? You still, you still are projecting something there but you know you're struggling the idea was before that you were struggling not to make your opinion be uh so blatant <laughs> in what yeah. you said, right um but yeah even if you go back to like you know there's a lot of reporting from like um uh you know like the 60s and 70s that like the, the new journalism that, that led into like literary journalism and all this that to that, me you know, to uh, me the, just... Tom Wolf in the u.s this question is not different from asking what makes a studio Hollywood big, like a Hollywood studio, a AAA studio, or what makes a filmmaking company or a studio AAA, AAA being Superhero. you know something. Contract with Marvel Comics. <laughs> we we know some of them, right? We know like Para, Paramount, uh, Warner yeah, Bros. Yeah. Warner Brothers, you I mean, know, even that's changing now. Like uh, Sony Pictures, you know, like, the the idea of um, you know what what a movie what made a good movie uh, thirty years ago is not what makes a good movie today. And a lot of those movies that were made thirty years ago can't be made by these but, big studios anymore because they're but, not interested, right? But that, that, that's the thing. I'm saying it's a similar question in the sense that if you want to really get into, we know what the AAA studios are. Because we've seen like the kind mm. of influence they have, the movies that they make, and everything like that. But if you want to get into like the like the nitty gritty to actually separate them, like technically, and build a criteria about how you separate them, it can get kind of complicated in that sense. Mm. But I guess what, what I mean to say is maybe the term mainstream is maybe the wrong term for what. We would get into when we like talk about Seth Rogen's podcast, or like, Seth Rogen's podcast is probably one of the you know largest listened to podcasts. Seth Rogen, out there, I think, right? But sorry, what? Seth Rogen, Joe Rogan. 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 I was like, Rogan. Seth Rogen has a podcast. Sorry, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast, but it's like one of the top top five, right? As far as like subscribers on on all the podcast uh, subscription channels, right? Mm. But I. I, I think, you know, that doesn't make him mainstream. In the same way, Fox News would, wouldn't be mainstream. Or MSNBC Wait, would... Fox be, News isn't mainstream? Fox News isn't no, mainstream? No, because no, it, it's, it's, you know, far-right-leaning, right? Like, it's definitely... It's aiming for a certain uh, sector, and it does very well at that. And it, it keeps kind of heating that sector up, right? To, but, to get more and more viewership. But it is like, considered I, mainstream, know. though. By many people. Uh... People that watch it probably, or people that that want to consider it mainstream to to you know make it look bad for other places that would be considered mainstream. I, I think um, it's like calling like uh, well, you know, let's see, 
So like, who would you um, consider mainstream? Who would you consider to be mainstream? Well, like I said, BBC, mm-hmm. AP News. Like mm-hmm. these are outlets that are trying to kind of thread that needle of, uh, you know, main mainstream being where the most people can be found, or mm-hmm. you know, the most variety of people can be found. I should say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, you know, where everybody can be found. Perhaps is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Howard Stern wasn't a mainstream. Uh, radio DJ. He just happened to be the most popular DJ at, of his time, right? Mm-hmm. So pretty popular, right? Um, but he wasn't a mainstream speaker. Like he, he just went out there, and spoke his mind. And again, being mainstream is probably not an ideal for a a uh, you know public thinker or a a interview uh, expert. But it is an ideal for news outlets, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know what you said before, like the idea of getting your news through. You know, um, a YouTube channel that you like, or through a a Twitter feed that you like of a certain person, it's a dangerous thing because, like, you're just basically listening to one guy or one girl tell you everything <laughs> with, mm. with their opinion all over it, right? Just paint it mm. all over it. Um, but you think it's a dangerous thing, but it has been shown time and time again that that is coming. It's coming to a point where that is much as a much more safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a much more safer outlet to get news from because even if you you go from you can listen to a left-leaning youtuber and listen to a right-leaning youtuber and get like a sort of middle ground of what actually went on in a particular situation so you can understand their biases straight from the get-go and go into to the video knowing what to expect and knowing how to process the information with mainstream media the problem is is that they're being very sneaky about their agenda they're trying to act like oh you know we're just trying to present the information as pure truth when they do have an agenda mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah actually i started this, this quite a lot before the internet like before the internet became what it is today right like i, I did a when i was in college so what year was that like around two two thousand and one i think i did this big project about this about um like basically your argument like I, I used to really think that back then uh most of the news was still newspapers and um it was trying so hard to kind of hide the narration and present the story as you know here are the facts and then there's like these subtle turns no matter what that that is still you know it's still right leaning paper or still left leaning paper based on you know certain word choices or mm. uh or the way that you know, information was presented in the headline yeah exactly even structuring and all this and i was like it's better to just have it you know like full color right <laughs> like uh mm. here's you know why this person's crazy or here's why this person is the most important person in the world today mm. um but i think the reality is though like you know that ha- I-, I argued that position and then this happened the internet became where people get their news and people, you know, learn things on Facebook and it's a total wreck because people are, you know, uh, people don't actually do what you said. Like nobody, not nobody, but many people don't go out there seeking both sides, reading both yeah. sides of these things uh, and get a, a nice palette of all these examples because there's just so much information. Yeah. Number one. Number two, yeah, yeah. there's just so much BS on, on all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it's very hard to kind of filter out what is and isn't uh, complete, completely false, right? What is, you know, completely just made up stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even including, you know, just taking a position. And like we said before about arguing on Twitter about Gandhi, right? You can, you can find this one little quote. And this is an actual quote 
Yes, and we throw yeah. it in here. It's like, is this the person you want to have on your money <laughs> or a statue of in your town? And it's like, mm. oh, well, hell no. Um, <laughs> I read you know, a... Is... Sorry, sorry. I just read a quote that mm. said, uh, I think I read it like a week ago. The age of information gave birth to the age of disinformation. And I yeah very much in the age of disinformation. Exactly, exactly. So I, I, I guess I, I push back against the idea that like, you know, we should be, I guess when I, when I say it's dangerous to get your ideas through one person like this, I mean, because that's, I think it's really what the more people are doing. You know, it's like, I trust this person mm. to find this information out for me and share with me what's important. A lot of people used to do this, I guess they still do this with like the Daily Show on the left end of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to Fox News on the right end. You know, it, it's a comedy show that, and that presents these ideas and like, here's what's happening in the world and you know, here's a clip and then let's make fun of this guy and talk about how he's, he's such an asshole and all this. But in reality, this isn't, you know, this is very much a one dimension of, of this argument and it's the dimension you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. back to the echo chamber, back to the, you know, stirring the pot of the group thing, our group. Yeah. Right, right. Perfect, and I think yeah. like that's kind of the same thing you, you, we fall into if we get all our, you know, if we find out the news through one person as opposed to, you know, Multiple at least an organization of people yeah. that, that include people there that have, you know, uh, uh, counter viewpoints. And because that's what papers used to strive to be, right? They used to have. <laughs> There was the guy on the left, there was the guy on the right, there was the op-eds, there was all this. These should be and, uh, uh, segments. Oh yeah, you know, Remember the segments where editors, the left-leaning editor and the right-leaning yes, editor used to like have a debate, yeah, a 10-minute yeah, yeah, debate yeah, on a certain exactly. issue. There used to be things like that. Yeah, you know, right, actually, right. you're quite right. Right now, newspapers only have, at least in America, if it's a left-leaning newspaper, all the writers have to be left-leaning. Yep. Well, basically, it might be one or two like people standing out, but... um. There's very few news organizations that do because there's no newspapers anymore. I mean, like, well, like, look at the New York Times, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And the New York Times tries to hire on people that, that are moderate or, or slightly right-leaning, and they do something or you're caught, you know, with a quote or something, and social media comes after them, and, and they're out. I think the same thing probably happens on the left mm -hmm. as well, maybe for slightly different reasons. But I, I do think... Um, the left know, you, cannibalizing itself, man. The left is actually yeah. more ruthless when somebody on their side does something wrong than if it's a guy on the right side. <laughs> it's actually yeah, so no, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it, it's a it's a bit of an arms race too, though, right? I think um, I think the same thing happens on the right as well. You know, if you're the, if you're the right leaning guy uh, working at a left leaning newspaper. Uh, you're going to be in trouble <laughs> with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. with the people that are right leaning, and the same is true vice versa. Like, you yeah. know, wh why are you supporting? Why are you working for those people when you could be working for for our good people? Mm. Um, or mm. why are you hiring that person who who said this or, or thinks this and putting it in, in our newspaper? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it, it's a it's a crazy time. Um, and and I, I I I wish we could just say like it was it's the left that that is a uh, you know, overdoing it. It's the right that's overdoing it. But I really think we're kind of in an arms race um, as far as like how much we will, uh, you know, destroy all that we care for <laughs> in the name of uh, destroying the other side. The only um, thing I think I could say is that it's this is still very new to us as a technology and as a way of communicating information to one another. 
and talking about issues and having discussions mm, mm, just mm. like how a child can be given a car and do reckless things with it i just hope that we learn how to better curate the information that we get and have better discussions and become more responsible mm. responsible with the way we think about things the way we view things online and how we let this affect our lives that's you've said it in the perfect way jason like when i believe when the car was first invented there were no traffic rules you know yeah there weren't people were dying, <laughs> yeah, people were dying because, like, you don't know what to do like stop at the stop at the junction just keep going people were dying and stuff so they had to create like driving etiquette and i believe with time with the internet we will come in and make hopefully if we don't destroy ourselves <laughs> destroy the social fabric <laughs> of our society first you know yeah. <laughs> if we don't destroy it then i'm pretty sure we will come up with better rules and better etiquette. i think with that we should we should bring this podcast home but boys yes 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 i've done more than an hour today <laughs> yeah that was fun <laughs> but with so, guests it's always fine to do an hour you know yep yep so steven yeah. any final thoughts uh no it's a lot of fun um <laughs> I think it was a great place to end it as well. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to see where that uh, that all went mm-hmm. as well. Starting with Gandhi into uh, yeah, into we the round, we've got round and round. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason, any final thoughts? Uh, I feel like we could talk a lot more with Stephen. I think he's yeah, someone yeah. we should definitely bring on. So for the, we shouldn't include this on the podcast. So. Steven will definitely want you back for a special episode in the future. Oh, that'd be fun, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me know. We'll work it out. And any final fun. thoughts? I, I think it was I think it was pretty fun. And yeah, yeah thanks Steven for yeah, coming yeah. on. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Of course. Good to talk to you, Jason. Yeah. Always good to talk to you, Oscar. So. Thank you. Good yeah. to talk to you. Happen again. Yep, definitely, cool, cool. definitely. Okay, so thank you Jason, thank you Steven, and thank you listeners for another week at Dreams Extra Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Thanks for listening, man. Thanks for listening, man. That was, that was an interesting way of just telling me to thank them. Okay. Yeah, thank everyone. Everyone knows that we're thankful, as usual. This yeah. podcast is not possible without you, wonderful listeners. Without you, uh, Peter, our wonderful marketer. Without you, my beautiful host, co-host, Oscar. And... Uh, we are just going to keep on doing this until we get what we are looking for. Keep on until doing we die. it. Until, until we, we die. die. <laughs> until we die. As heroes. And the number one podcast, more than Joe Rogan. You heard it first here. So bye-bye, guys. Thank you so much, Steven. And bye-bye, Oscar. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye, Steven. Take care. Hey, you. What time is it? You look pretty bored. Just done with one episode. And the bus or train isn't where you're supposed to be yet. Here's an idea. Open your browser. Type in dreamsxtrash.com and free yourself from the claws of boredom. Up on that beautifully titillating website, you will find everything you need regarding dreamsxtrash. Our Instagram our Facebook, our YouTube, our LinkedIn, our Twitter. More and more content to free you from the clutches of boredom. Go ahead, type it in.
go for a ride. Jason has some really interesting th things up for you on YouTube. Check it out. You'll thank me later.